0: Support for this episode of Talking Tesla and the following message come from Wonder Capital. Wonder Capital's online investment platform allows you to invest in solar energy products across the United States. Earn up to 8.5% annually while diversifying your portfolio, curbing pollution and combating global climate change. To learn more, create a free account at wondercapital.com forward slash Tesla. That's wonder with a U. W-U-N-D-E-R Capital.com forward slash Tesla. Wonder Capital. Do well and do good.
1: Talking Tesla. Talking Tesla. Tesla. I'm not sure if like my foot should be on the brake or the accelerator. As they put rings on Elon. It must be some sort of geometrical algorithm.
2: Are you ready now?
1: Oh, I'm sure this is math.
2: Tom? <laughs> Robert? Yeah? Well, alright fellas. Well, let's go!
1: How am I Drive a car without autopilot, so
0: time. here's the deal. You know, I'm not a good parker, Tom. Yeah, I'll be in the first of it. minute. Yeah. Just think that this is a car company that is run by super Older geeks. All the other cars are gonna be stupid cars
3: compared to this car.
1: Tesla. You don't even have Tesla. To. Yep, I remember that. You've got a model X. seen the future, and it is light pole charging. No, I
3: wouldn't call it a screw up. Do you like your model X? God, it's beautiful. <laughs> I want to go full disclosure,
0: ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, yeah. it's Talking Tesla 77. I'm back. I'm back from Hawaii, and I am taking the role of Oscar the Grouch. I'm just in a non-specific pissy mood.
1: <laughs> and it's our luckiest show ever until we get to show 777, which is a long way from here. It's 7727. Super lucky.
3: Uh, Yeah, I don't feel lucky. <laughs> so can you hear this now? Yes.
0: Okay, so uh, I don't know why I'm so angry, Tom. I just I just am. I think it might be because I couldn't make the Model 3 tracker work. And it turns out, <laughs> turns out now you're telling me that the website is model3counter.com. So I went to model3tracker.com, uh-huh. probably gave all my credit card information to a Russian spy.
1: And yet, we've got your information. We will take you down. So I
0: was hoping to work out uh, what my number is, and I didn't. But it's got to be at least as good as your guys, so I'm probably going to get it in October, but I don't need it, so I'm not going to get it, so I don't know what to do, and I can't buy it and sell it, and I don't know what's going on. I just want Model Y. That's probably why
1: I'm angry. Wait, so you don't need it? So now you have, okay, you have a Model S. Yes. You have a Model X that doesn't, the doors don't work on your X. Yeah. The hardware 2 doesn't work on your S. Yes. You have two reservations into the Model 3, which you don't need or want. Yes. And you're waiting for a yet as unannounced fourth model Yes (laughs) And do you see why I'm angry? I wonder why you're in such a bad mood I have something that might cheer you up Could you? I have a new ton to add to our armamentarium
0: Oh no, well ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls You've got your American ton Uh You've got your English ton Uh You've got your short ton Mm -hmm. You've got your long ton Mm -hmm. You've got your shit ton Uh You've got your washing ton That's correct Now, what do we have? You have your f*** ton. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, you can't say that. (laughs) What? Is that in Urban Dictionary? No, I don't know. But like, you know, we just can't come out and put any word (laughs) that's swearing in front of ton and (laughs) call it a new thing.
1: But this is what happens, right? I went camping with the boys into the snow, we were up above the death zone for the most part. Yes. For most of the last weekend. Yes. And every once in a while, someone would be like, oh my God, that is a ton of wood. (laughs) <laughs> it is a thing I know <laughs> Look, thinking back to my life O-M-G
0: <laughs> Really? This is how we're going to start what? the
1: show? We don't want to start like that? I just thought the people would be interested to know that we have a new ton This is, however, how they'll hear it Are you ready? You got your B ton Yeah, so exactly. they'll, no idea they'll never know
0: about.
3: what ton They'll never be about. able to quite figure out what I'm saying just, just let them know that it starts with an F and it ends in I-N-G Farting? Falcon wing door, Falcon? So tell so us about your tracker. You.
0: Tell us about your tracker. What number are you? Because I know tracker? I'm going to be better
1: than you because I'm better than well, you. Well, oddly enough, I believe I'm better than uh, Robert, which I don't understand. It says prior owner,
0: Tom, first day reservation on the internet, didn't 17, go in
1: 17,000, around 17,000 was my number. Which
0: would put you in Octoberish,
1: Right. And Robert was at two eight, which means either... Uh, It doesn't make any sense It also says October It
3: also says October
0: Basically, this is ballparking So ballparking, you
1: could have a Model 3 in October The question is, will you have a Model 3 in October? Are you going to buy this thing? I don't know what the features are Although apparently now there's a solar panel feature And the, the picture of the prototype that we've been seeing The driving of the prototype? Banding about Yes Has red brake calipers well, I'm not buying. There's those. the decision maker right there. Well, I'm not <laughs> getting this car unless it's got red brake calipers. But you're not Come buying on. it at all anymore, and you don't, know, like you're a, torn. Don't, you don't know. I don't know you're... what I'm doing.
0: I'm angry. Why are, are you just so angry? So I'm gonna angry. give Mel... I, here. I'm gonna tell you where I think I'm angry. You ready? Okay. Well, there's lots of things, but <laughs> from a talking Tesla point of view, I was driving the X, uh, uh, S a lot uh, over the weekend. Yeah, a lot for me. You know, mm-hmm. and uh, there was a lot of traffic. Tom, it's L A. It's traffic all the time now. That's correct. This. And so I try to use a uh, tech traffic aware assist device 2.0 with you know that thing. I don't think you actually. I have hardware 2.0. Okay. And I'm in the traffic, and I turn the thing on, mm-hmm. and the wavy lines are still wavy as hell. Wavy. And I got another update that says I can you can use it at the faster speed and all this mm-hmm. stuff. And it's still wavy, and I'm like, you were going to fix this two months ago. And then I was thinking, hang on, also about three months ago, you said that we'd have 8.1 software update. So I was on the, just checking that out, 8.1, yeah. mm-hmm. he said it would be about 10 days away, Ooh. 90 days ago. So this is what people on the forums are calling uh, MST. Mist. Musk Standard Time. M. Mm. So 8.1 nice. hasn't arrived, my uh, firmware upgrade to my uh, camera with the tilt angle problem, so I've got wavy lines isn't there, and I couldn't use it. I used it a little bit, but it still, it drives all over the place.
1: I thought that was crazy. a physical thing that you had to take it into the service No, they center.
0: said like the Hubble telescope with the little uh, firmware upgrade, we can mathematically, uh, you know, fix it. Instead of having all those people bring their cars back in
1: They put a little mini Hubble telescope in all of the model No
0: Tom, let me go back Remember when the Hubble went up there And they milled it wrong and everything was blurry And they're like, oh my god, that was a waste of a billion dollars Then some mathematician Mm. goes, I can fix it with math And they came up with this algorithm And now they fix all the images with a bit of math
1: So that guy was definitely never told there would be no math
0: No, he's probably been doing a lot of math for a long time (laughs) I'm just saying Tom, where
3: is 8.1... It's time. Well? Well, Elon tweeted on the 12th at 2.43 p.m., quote, it's been a bear to get done, but prob 10 days or so, depending on full speed auto steer test results. So uh, another 10 days from the 12th would be the 22nd.
0: Yeah, so 10 days from now, uh, which in Musk's standard time had the 7 multiplied by
1: 4. October. Maybe maybe
0: by the end of the year. Yeah, Yeah. somewhere there. October. It's been a bear. How about you fix my wavy lines? I'm done with this. (laughs) Okay? It's not about anybody else. It's about me. I I wonder how many people have wavy lines. I can't work out doing the search that is Google. How many people have this wavy line problem pitch angle thing with hardware 2.0? Because I know other people with new Teslas, and they don't have the problem because Elon
1: hates me. Maybe it's the one guy who goes every week and talks about how much he loves his falcon wing doors. What are you saying, Tom? I mean, you don't think that... Uh, Elon has any awareness of our situation here? Do you think that if somebody was complaining about
0: Falcon wing doors, that the way to fix that problem is to make <laughs> that guy have more problems, so he bitches even more because he's a grunchy loser? You think that's uh, I mean, the, the plan? I don't on?
1: know. I mean, maybe the Elon is uh, vindictive. Maybe he's a he's a mean, mean man. Ladies You're a mean one, Mister Musk.
0: Elon. Look, Tesla, we love those guys. Has uh, a little article here About a prototype on the move So there's a video posted there and in a couple Of other places, it's actually from Unplugged Performance Of a silver Model 3 driving Down the road near Hyperloop, and the first time I Saw this I just saw it driving past the Hyperloop But Teslarati has a much longer video Mm -hmm. Of it driving around Mm -hmm. And it's really cool, and I guess this Is one of the Alpha cars, and one Of our listeners was trying to sort of zoom In and see if they could see the display And all that stuff, and then decided that he couldn't Really, but uh, here's what They said in the SEC report filing Mm -hmm. Ready? This is Mm -hmm. from Electric Mm -hmm. We expect that the next performance milestone to be achieved Will be the successful completion Of the Model 3 beta prototype Which would be achieved upon the determination Of the board of directors that an eligible prototype uh, Being completed candidates for such a prototype Are among the vehicles that we are currently building As part of the ongoing testing of the Model 3 vehicle Design and manufacturing process Elon said that there will be over 100 and so uh also according to Electric that there'll be eighty thousand model threes in two thousand seven. That's why you're gonna get yours this year. So somebody wrote down here it's actually been confirmed. Is that you? This Tom? is this, this this actually whole, all of this happening.
1: information leads me to believe, okay, you got an SEC filing. Yes. In that SEC filing, the sentence reads Candidates for such prototype are among the vehicles we are currently building. Vehicles we we being the Tesla, Tesla are currently That's now Now, building. uh, That means putting together together. (laughs) those three (laughs) things means it's it's happening.
3: And the sad thing is it's happening. It's confirmed on a day that you don't want it. Maybe that uh, we should actually look to see who's sitting in that car and whether or not they are a member of the board of directors of Tesla. Because maybe they're basically inviting people down for lunch driving them around in the new Model 3, letting them say, yeah, this looks like a good beta prototype. And bam, the stocks hit Elon's account. Hey, Google, play some ABBA.
4: Sure, check out this ABBA radio mix on YouTube.
0: We, uh, we had to have a timeout for technical reasons if the flow of the show isn't I don't know, pristine.
1: Where were we? We were we were at Elon getting five hundred thousand more shares of stock.
0: No, we weren't. <laughs> hey Google, what's Tesla stock today?
2: As of 11.35 a.m. Eastern Daylight Time today, the price for Tesla shares on NASDAQ is $245.88,
0: up 0.9% from last Friday. Wah,
1: wah, wah, wah. Whoa, whoa, made
0: 0.9% <laughs> since last week. Whoa,
1: Down whoa. three bucks from the last show, though, Joe. Well, Trace Dolores.
0: Let's go on and talk about the uh, Prius with a solar roof. Can I do that? Yeah, let's do it. So, uh, Clean Technia has a little article there. It says that the Panasonic is adding a solar roof to the Japanese version of the Prius Prime. And I think I might have talked about this before, but I couldn't help myself and need to talk about it again.
1: Prius Prime's like Optimus Prime's little brother.
0: Yeah, it's exactly right. So, it's a 180 watt panel. It'll give it about 3.7 miles of range per day when parked in the sun. Elon obviously tweeted in the past that uh, they could do this in the Model 3, and I would pony up for say 5 miles a day, and here's the reason.
1: Could you like ponies?
0: I like ponies. If they put uh, some glass in the top of the panoramic roof of the Model 3, for Uh example, and it gets somewhere around three to five miles of range per day but putting it in the sun, I would absolutely get that because I'm very concerned about zombie apocalypse. Uh And if I could just drive five miles a day, because I can't use the gas stations because all the zombies and everything, Uh then I could get five miles further away from the zombies every day because I just watched World War Z again, which is a great movie and I got scared.
1: Okay, so imagine this scenario. And I need a
0: silent car because they're attracted to noise. Go on.
1: The zombie apocalypse has begun you have driven your five miles for the day yeah you've parked in the sun you've decided to take a little nap because you know you've got five miles before the zombies can get to you so you lean back your glass roof has has solar panels built into it yes are you gonna wake up with like a weird solar panel suntan like imprinted on your body because you decided to Sleep naked in the front seat Why of your car? Why would I car? be naked? It's a zombie apocalypse I don't know Maybe you had to run out of the house And you forgot your little goodie bag Full of your shirts
0: and stuff and it's, get, just... it's getting worse Not only is there a zombie apocalypse <laughs> I can only do five oh my, miles a day I'm... I've left all my clothes And I'm completely naked
1: Yeah But anyways Are you concerned about Like maybe having a solar panel I would put on a shade forehead? over my head
0: I'm a very pasty man I mean this discussion Has
1: gone from <laughs> From quite serious To silly at this point Tom Oh Oh You know what So sorry There Okay This is an interesting thing. There's lots of good, smart conversations in the comments of this ad on Clean Technica. I about the solar roof. Yes, about the solar roof, but I not about you sleeping naked in the front seat of your car. That would be really awkward if they knew what I was talking about. But what I wonder is, let's say you parked in the sun. Yes, and you're plugged in because there isn't a zombie apocalypse, right? Because it's real life, right? Right, we're real life. We're in real world. Does it still charge while it's charging? Is it able to add to additive situation that's Next a good question.
3: question for tesla engineering is that a good question
1: i have Seems like a good question is that a better question for prius engineering since we're talking about a prius are they going to put the glass okay if they can put this on the model three yes does that mean they're going to put it on the model x and the Model S? I cannot
0: imagine if they'd put it on the Model 3 that they would not, because you know, the Model 3 is the low-end car, the S is the X of the high-end car. I would have to assume that the panoramic all-glass roof in future versions, therefore, will have, in X and S and 3, the ability to put in a solar panel. The solar panel will be huge and giant, in the X, because it's so large, so it'll probably get six miles a day, although it's a heavier car, so you'll to take off one. Yes, is what? the answer.
1: What exactly
0: is he waiting for? The ability to actually make this because it's all <laughs> theoretical and made up right now on a tweet. Oh, it's a theoretical makeup tweet. Yeah, because there's a lot of people making things up on tweets, getting themselves into trouble, and Elon's just one of those
1: people. <laughs> he's just he's just. I mean, adding... this, moves,
3: this moves away from Tesla's ideal of simplifying. This now complicates. Does this go on every car? Does it only go on a car that you pay an extra option for? You know, now they have to put in another One, two, five robots to install this item slows things down. I say they can do it. I say they won't do it.
1: I say it doesn't make a lot of sense because I like to park in the shade. Although I will say this. Maybe I won't say this. Most of the superchargers that I've been to don't have shade. Right. But some of them do. And the plan is for the future for them to be covered. I don't park in the shade. I would like this,
0: even if it was just to... Stop that sort of vampire, uh, sort of leakage of uh, the phantom uh, drain. The phantom drain leakage. Um, So that would be good. So I could leave it out in the sun. I'm not going to lose any. I could even probably run a little air conditioner and stuff on that. I don't. Mm -hmm. All right. And then if we have the canopy, which some people suggest, then you could fold out a canopy
1: and you could get twenty or thirty miles a day. Now we're talking large and big and huge, and also gigantic. (laughs) Or I could pull into the beach. On a sunny day yes, I can open the falcon wing doors falcon I can turn could, the car off yeah. I can crank up the tunes yes. And all day long And I can just dance and dance and dance And then when I went at the end of the day To turn the car on 12 volt battery still going strong Boom I'm going home Oh no grandma Watch out the doors are closing
0: it always ends with somebody being killed <laughs> by the falcon wing doors. Robert, do you want to tell us about um, Maximum Plaid Mode? An article here from the rati that is Tess? No, it's from
1: Teslarati. Our friends at Teslarati, they called me specifically yes. and said, make sure Mel doesn't use his opposite speak on our name. It's hard to put that into Google. <laughs> 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 the test that is rati. Right. Watch. Hey, Google, open the test that is rati. I can't do
2: that, Tom. <laughs> Robert, tell us
3: about Maximum Plaid Mode. So Tesla Roddy, uh highlighted this video done by a guy named, uh, I can't remember his name, but it's something like Explaining Engineering is his website, and he's a pretty cool guy, and he goes into explaining what is the maximum possible zero to 60 that a Tesla could achieve using stock wheels. And I thought I was going to watch this really cool, in-depth, calculus-based calculation. Where did he get his data? And basically, he turned everything on its head. And he said, when you stop your car, what's the fastest you can stop your car? It's dependent on the friction between the tires and the road. So he took numbers from how fast it took or how quick a Tesla could stop from 60 miles an hour to zero And turned it around. And he explains this in a video, which I'll put the link in the show notes. And basically, the number that he comes up with is 0 to 60 in 2.05 seconds using a stock Tesla with stock wheels. And I say that is stocking crazy.
1: Why does anybody give a how fast you can go 0 to 60? I don't understand it.
0: It's fun. Is it? People want want to feel it. It's free marketing because everybody puts up these videos and they have Teslas versus a Hellcat and Tesla versus a tricycle and Tesla versus a… So, I don't know. Some people like that, uh, okay. that acceleration. I like a good acceleration. But as I've said before, my Tesla is a dual motor S. It does 0 to 60 in four seconds. It's frighteningly fast. <laughs> I cannot imagine. Twice as twice frighteningly as fast. Twice as fast. I would die. I mean, I would pass out and die or I'd mm. fire myself off the freeway. Those of you that can do this safely, have at it. But I'm not yeah, paying for
3: it. There's definitely a um, risk benefit curve on this because already the Teslas growing at ludicrous plus, which is like zero to 60 and 2.4, are pulling like 1.2 G's, which could actually cause some people to pass out or at least induce vertigo, which would not be safe if you're then experiencing vertigo as you're passing 60 miles an hour. As so, you're passing out? At 60 yeah, exactly. miles an hour. Hopefully, then the uh, lane assist and traffic aware cruise control will kick in and pull you to the side of the road safely. Okay. So you're driving down
1: the street with Mel. Yeah. He's in maximum plaid mode, 0 yeah. to 60, yeah. 2.5 seconds. He's in hardware 2 cruise control autopilot, and he just floors it and it's just wavy lines. Ah, and he passes out. We're all dead. But you're dead. Quickly. Well, let's not do that. Okay we're dead quickly But we won't do that So so we're not going to do that In your car today It's not going to
0: happen It's not going to happen Because I don't have Maximum plaid moon. So we'll have to believe His math It's very fast Some people love it Some people pay A s- lot of money To get that extra acceleration It is fun But for the average Day to day person It's like Eh
1: whatever Hi I'm average Day to day person
0: And it's just a, It's a,
3: a peeing match It's like We have the fastest Production car in the world Okay Great Uh Tell me, Tom, when was the last time you went on a big, screaming roller coaster?
1: I don't like roller coasters.
3: I mean, I go go. to the
1: Disneyland. I like the Space Mountain.
0: Who doesn't? That's a roller coaster. And
1: I like the Matterhorn. But I went 25 years ago. Here's the last time I went to an actual roller coaster amusement park, Six Flags Magic Mountain in Valencia california and i went my friends were like let's go on viper first thing in the morning and i went on viper first thing in the morning you want to know what else i did that day sat on a bench because i feel good the whole rest (laughs) of the day i don't i don't need to go zero to 60 in two seconds i don't want to be on the freeway with a bunch of people going zero to 60 in two seconds i all the time when i'm driving my wife's car look down and i'm like holy crap i'm doing 90 it's already way too easy to drive that car way too fast Yes yeah. I have I've done the same thing I'm merging onto the freeway And I
0: punch it just to get up to speed And I look down I'm like, oh yeah, 95 miles an hour <laughs> And it feels like you're doing 20
1: miles right. an hour Right, and I'm it like, takes yeah. like no time at all It's a problem It's plenty fast I'm not trying to buy a Lamborghini Ventedante uh, Dubladorle. I don't think that's the deal You could put wings on it at that speed and
0: take off Yeah Icarus. You're flying too so close to the sun?
1: Well, that's where I'm getting my energy. From Icarus? From the sun? In the solar? Can we talk about the Tesla parking lot update? Oh, please. (laughs) There's a new pick. There is. And it's all squeezed in. Only
3: one? Could you explain this picture? Yeah, if you imagine two parking spaces, uh, maybe the two cars park towards the outer edges of their parking spaces and some dude actually parks in the middle, in the middle. So that Tesla parking lot is a real, um, challenge. I think it's almost, uh, it could almost be entertaining to just go visit the Tesla museum, which would be the Tesla parking lot and the tour of Tesla to get a real sense of what the hell's going on up there. Because it seems like what these people need are more people visiting
1: their parking lot. Do you think that the people that work for Tesla, do you think that the people who work for Tesla sit around all day long going, gee, I really hope they get the Model 3 built, or gee, I really hope someone builds a new freaking parking lot around here sooner rather than later?
0: I'm hoping they're going to put up stadium seating because I want to see what goes on every morning and every afternoon. Stadium seating? And get some fries and a big cup of beer and just watch the show. Get an organist out there. Dun, 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 dun,
1: I would love to see that. Look. Oh, the Toyota Celica's here. Very nice.
0: Autonomous driving, electric. We just said that uh, there was another update, so now your traffic-aware cruise control can be used up to 85 miles an hour. Yes. This is on hardware. Not yours, though. Hardware 2.0. But not yours. Uh, auto steer up to 55 miles an hour. Ooh. And currently, and this is what I found interesting, oh, it's still, this is hardware 2.0, yeah. is only using one of its eight cameras. Mm-hmm. The other cameras are just learning. Um. But I still have wavy lines, so it doesn't matter to me. There's not very many of these cars out. Yeah, there is. There's thousands now. I mean, they've been like doing two thousand a week since when was this October. So that's uh, all of October, no, just November, December, January, and mean like it's like forty thousand cars, thirty or forty thousand cars with this out there now, mate. Yeah, mate, it's a lot of cars It's a lot of cars And how many of them have
1: wavy lines? Corrected Yours And uh, so far just yours I'm beginning to believe that this is true
0: (laughs) Can we Mm. move on from this And talk about my home country of Australia?
1: Australia! Being
0: in the news So South Australia Is this beautiful little state and uh, try and guess which part of Australia it's in: north, Wait, west, south, okay, so or you east.
1: So nor- you have three, four parts of Australia: yeah. the north, the south, the east, and the and west. This is south Australia. And it's called South Australia. Australia. Yeah. It's Australia. My guess is you guys put it somewhere in Western Australia. Yeah, exactly. Because everything's backwards. It's actually <laughs> in the south of Australia. Oh my goodness. Now this
0: is from the verge. So here's what's been going on: is it's a very complicated thing here, but they're starting to have a lot of blackouts in South Australia, and it seems to be it's a the combination. It's Not the drinking <laughs> Are you sure? That's what you do when the lights go out It seems to be this perfect storm of They've got increased renewables They've got no fixed carbon price uh, They've got these interconnects with other states But there was a big storm that knocked over the interconnect with Victoria <laughs> um, They've got some peaker problems And so what this results in is lots of blackouts currently And they're not being able to sort of do the load thing very well Elon has been discussing this with a billionaire in Australia And said, mate Here's the deal. We could bring over a 100 to 300 megawatt battery pack like the Miraloma plant up the road here, and this will smooth everything out. It'll fix it all. It'll be all good, and we could do it in 100 days. And if we can't pull it off in 100 days, you get it for
1: free, mate. As a Tesla shareholder, who's guaranteeing that? (laughs) Elon? Uh, Is that coming out of Elon's Elon's, Elon's got enough money in his back pocket to cover that. That's a big amount of money because didn't we, aren't those like quarter million bucks a pop? I didn't do the exact, uh, it's millions of dollars. Plus the shipping? Millions of dollars. So I looked into it. It takes 27 days alone for the ship to travel to Australia. Is that another ship? I ship my pants. <laughs> no, it's... I shipped my mirror. back. No, like the cargo ship that would contain them.
0: It does take a while on a boat to get to Australia. That's true. That's true. So maybe they're going to put it in a, a, a transport helicopter. A dirigible? It's not a dirigible. <laughs> maybe they're going to put it on a rocket and drop it off. But you're right. If they add 27 days of transport time, they're going to build this. Because he said, these aren't lying around. We'll actually have to build these in yeah. the gig factory. Put them together, get them to Australia, install it in 100 days. And a lot of people are like, what, can you? Well, they just did it in
3: Mira Loma, but that's in California. It's down the street, mate. It's right around the corner. Yeah, I mean, Tesla, Elon, they've always been sort of vulnerable to supply chain and delivery problems. Remember, they couldn't meet their Uh, year-end 2016 goals because a ship with like 2,500 Teslas got stuck outside of a Chinese harbor because the smog was so thick they wouldn't navigate, the ship captain would not navigate into the port so they could get the cars delivered by year-end. So God knows if there's like a monsoon that sinks the ship or, you know, this billionaire says, hmm, I wonder if one torpedo could get me you know a um, multimillion dollar free energy setup so hold on a second now the conspiracy
1: theory that robert just came up with in his own head is elon and this billionaire dude take the bet with one another shake the hands hello mate good job i'll have it with you in within 100 days and the 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 billionaire from australia has a torpedo boat and he knocks the ship with the power packs it's, out of the ocean it's
0: pretty well accepted that every australian billionaire has a torpedo. Boat.
1: <laughs> so if it was 200 power packs at retail price, $50 million. It's a lot of millions.
0: He said they're actually going to do this at $250 per kilowatt hour. We'll see. I want them to take the bet. But the problem here is that the South Australian government, it's going to take the South Australian government about 14 years to pass this and say, yeah, we need uh, your power pack. Have you so don't expect s- this happen anytime soon. Have
1: you ever seen the South Australian government like group of dudes sitting around speaking to one another? What is that like? What is government in Australia like? Is it like it's, the English parliament? It's a parliamentary system, and it's very much
0: like... Uh, America. It's very dysfunctional Mm -hmm. and it's full of politicians Mm -hmm. who really like to call each other names. Um, For example, I remember back in the day, the head of uh, uh, one party called the head of the other party an (laughs) slicker in parliament. Wow. (laughs) We're going to have to beep that out.
3: (laughs) But it was pretty funny. (laughs) Hey, let's imagine. Is that the one? Uh, Isn't it Australia where the uh, prime minister or the I I can't remember who she was, but they called her a witch, like in public?
1: Yeah, well they do that all the time. I mean, you think that's worse than (laughs) (laughs) just out of curiosity? (laughs) They (laughs) got pictures that are pretty damn bad. He used the
3: word. <laughs> <laughs> There's so many beeps that have to go on right now.
0: Hey, let's talk about carbon tax and why everybody hates the oil industry. This oh. is very interesting. This is from the independent from the United Kingdom, and the uh, oil giant Royal Dutch Shell, which is a relatively large company, says they're going to start spending a billion dollar a year on renewables. And the CEO Ben van Bruden says that the public backlash against the fossil fuel industry could threaten its future. He gets it. He understands it. right now there's a lot of people that are kind of pissed at the fossil fuel industry because they don't support a tar- carbon tax, because they're going around funding people to be climate deniers. And uh, he says, uh, you know, and we're at risk of being sued because of this disinformation campaign. So we need to get our act together. And this is a guy who's talking to other oil industry giants.
1: How'd that go over the cocktail party after, you think?
0: And this sort of brings up to me uh, this idea that, again, I always use the analogy that this is very much like the tobacco industry. So the tobacco industry did the exact same thing, and they're following the same playbook. So you have internal documentation that shows, okay, tobacco is bad. And instead of saying tobacco is bad and we need to fix this, they start funding denying, denying, denying. And then it gets to the point where there is so much overwhelming evidence that then the public and individuals say, tobacco industry, you're very bad. And uh, very misleading, and now we're going to sue you for doing that. And this guy's saying the same thing. We are at this tipping point where people are going to start suing us for the BS that we've been telling people about the fact that uh, global warming is all a hoax. And so he gets it, will other people get it? And the lawsuits, ladies and gentlemen, have already begun. <laughs> So in Kauai, you heard about this, they put in a 52-megawatt power pack system uh, linked to a 13-megawatt solar array. And this was, again, to smooth out the grid because in Hawaii, we talked about they have to bring in oil and they burn it overnight. And the problem with solar is it's really bright during the day in Kauai and then it's not at night. Mm -hmm. So this uh, battery pack system is uh, now in place. And there's a little bit more information we have about it. And that is that Tesla is guaranteeing it for 20 years And the cost of electricity is going to be $14 per kilowatt hour, or 13.9 cents cents per kilowatt hour, locked in for 20 years. And that, in some places, sounds like expensive electricity, but in Hawaii,
1: that is very inexpensive. Super cheap. It allows the government to lock in these rates that they can really do some quality long-term budgetary planning in a lot of ways. I wonder how Tesla is going to guarantee that for 20 years. They must be very, very assured of the lack of degradation or ready to support any degradation that might happen within these individual power packs. Very, very impressive. I wonder, I do wonder though, right, if they're concerned at all about how their budgets will be hit in, with the lack of taxes not collected on fossil fuels, for instance, and how that's going to trickle down to the local people. On the ground, who are buying electricity, right? So let's say you live in Kauai, right? And you are used to paying 80 or 90 cents. I don't know what the number is. I think is. it was like in the 40s, say so so 40, 40 cents. 40 cents a kilowatt hour. And now, like are they going to reduce that to you or are they going to keep, keep it, it the same oh, I don't know, mate. to be able to sort of uh, recoup the cost for this quickly and then be able to just, are they going to become uber profitable? I hope they do on some level, whatever their utility is, and they can just move. Everybody will be like, oh, my God, we got to do this. And then we get these small city-based
3: power systems, which I like. So two things. One, I feel really good about this, not just because Kauai is getting renewable energy and getting off of diesel, which is what they've been burning, but that this is actually at a higher price than I locked in when I got my power purchase plan from Solar City, like, I don't know, a year, year and a half ago. So that's pretty cool. I'm actually paying less than 14 cents in Southern California, and again with a 20-year guarantee. That's the same deal that I got with te- with uh, Solar City. But there must not be any golf courses near this installation, because of course that voids your warranty. Because the golf ball smash your thing. Now remember though, Robert, your uh your
0: guarantee isn't about storage. So this is a combined storage solar system if you add in your tesla power wall to your system it's going to increase the price of that system i know because i'm starting to look into this in some detail for the new studio like how much is it really going to cost for the solar array plus the storage amortized over time and this is where what you were talking about tom at some point the electricity generating industry has to make sure that it's on par with what you can do yourself, or people are going to en masse say, bye-bye. So they can't just sort of profit gouge here. Uh, They should have the ability to still make a profit because they're at scale and they can make the electricity a lot cheaper than you can. But they can't gouge, and that's kind of a good thing about this potential market, is, hey, now I can put in solar and I can buy batteries, and I amortize that over time and I'm only paying $0.15 per kilowatt hour. You want to sell it to me at 20 I don't think so. Let's renegotiate the contract. Well,
1: plus the governments of all the states, right, the states, the cities, the local governments, they're probably huge, have huge electrical bills on a lot of levels, right? And if they can get some kind of certainty to their electronic or their their electrical bills for 20 years, then maybe we can start to build like – Real long-term budgets that make sense, that are able us to make the right decisions in our communities because we're not having these massive fluctuations in power costs and infrastructure builds. Now, the one
0: thing I haven't read about and I'm really interested in this stuff is, okay, so you become a predominantly solar wind-based uh, electrical grid. But what happens in those edge cases where the sun really doesn't shine for a week? You have horrible rains coming in, or the wind doesn't blow for a long time. What do you do then? How much capacity are you supposed to have in batteries and hydro? At some point, this is where you know we sort of rag on the fossil fuel industry, but at some point, do you still need to have a significant amount of liquid-based, high-density energy, just in case you have these edge-case scenarios? Well, I think the answer is we should move to hydrogen-based storage or something else because we can make a lot of that and store it, and it's very energy-dense. But battery technology seems to me is still a long way away for me to have two weeks for an entire city of the size of Los Angeles in case that scenario came up.
3: Well, we have been really spoiled over the last, whatever, 70 decades in which we have energy whenever we turn on the switch, and we, at least in this country, and we have water whenever we turn on the tap. But if you look at countries like India, they actually have a really smart grid that they're rolling out where the appliances, like your refrigerator, talks back and forth to the grid and will change its power consumption based on the load that's on the grid. And that's something I touched on when I went to UCLA and talked to Rajit Gad, is that a lot of other countries that don't have the robust... um, energy infrastructure that we have here in the United States have built a lot of workarounds and we just have ignored them. We have no clue, at least I never did, that these things existed uh, so that you can smooth out the load on the grid. And, you know, maybe that's what we need to start looking at as well, in addition to conserving, right? Getting, Turning your lights off when you don't need them, uh, turning off or not doing appliance like a, a dryer, During the daytime, when the peak load's the highest, turn your air conditioner down, even though there's a heat wave going on, so that everybody kind of like puts a little bit in, suffers just a little bit, so that the whole system doesn't crash. So uh, that interview, uh, at least part one of it,
0: we're going to have at the end of this uh, week's Talking Tesla, speaking to the professor from UCLA about this uh, stuff is pretty cool. So I'm going to ask Tom a question. Yeah. Tom, you're going to go completely off grid. Uh-huh. And you're, we're going to go and we're going to snip the wire that goes to the grid Okay. And you're going to have enough solar to make your own stuff But I'm going to ask you this question How much battery backup would you be comfortable with for me to actually do that snipping? So uh, how many days of battery backup? Plus you have an electric car How many days of backup do you want living in Los Angeles Knowing the weather patterns that you know here
1: go? And I can produce enough solar. On a
0: sunny day, you've got more than enough to to mm-hmm. use for the whole day and fill up whatever battery pack. But then a storm is coming. It's going to be sh- really crappy sunshine for uh-huh. a long time. How much battery backup do you want? How many days?
1: Probably I would be comfortable in Los Angeles with three days.
0: Three days So let's say you use 30 kilowatt hours per day Which is sort of around the American average
1: And my average as well
0: So you need Let's give you a 100 kilowatt uh, hour battery pack you need Mm -hmm. Currently that is the Power Pack 2 Which is I believe $60,000 That's correct It's a lot of money for your backup And I'm actually I would not be comfortable with three days I want want seven days And I want... To be able to fill up my cars as well. So for somebody like me, seven days it's uh, two hundred kilowatt hours. Plus, I want to be able to fill up two cars, so I want four hundred kilowatt hours. Right, but the thing that That's you don't understand is expensive. we're
1: talking about a scenario which will happen maybe once a year, maybe twice a year. So what you do is during that time just reduce your usage, right? Like what Robert right? just you, said. Maybe you unplug your second refrigerator. Maybe you just don't drive for those three days, right? You have to change your behavior. That's the one no. thing that. That's the one thing that we very rarely touch on this show, and that's the real, real, real change in our behaviors as far as how we live, how we build homes, right? how we insulate our homes, what kind of temperature extremes we're willing to to deal with. I'm turning my heat on instead of putting on a sweater. I'm turning my air conditioner on instead of taking my shirt off. Because mostly no one wants to see that
0: No But you know what you're saying is true And we've been criticized I think quite rightly by people on the show saying uh, You went out and bought another Tesla with really no good reason And that's no way to conserve energy in the planet And I absolutely get that But what you're saying here is true You're saying we should change our expectation And we should do all the things you said But I think history says that for Americans And probably for the rest of the world That is a failed proposition We just don't do that We know meat's bad for us, and we eat it. We know that uh, using a lot of energy is bad for the planet, but we still do it if it's cheap. So the only way to fix this problem is, I think, through market forces. Make electricity the price that it should be. Add on the cost to fix all the infrastructure issues and the global warming issues that's going to occur because of that. And that's the only way people are really going to change. When electricity in the United States moves from 10 cents a kilowatt hour to 40 cents a kilowatt hour, you watch how well we can serve.
1: But people are afraid of the economic consequences of that because in a situation where you can't have hundreds of thousands of people out of work because we're not allowing fuel anymore like it's a it's a very difficult and intricate system and it's much easier for the politicians to just let's do the status quo let's stay where we are let's nibble around the edges and see if in 50 years when all the oil runs out will we at that point be forced to make the thing right like we have to be forced to do it like we don't walk forty miles to get water; we walk four inches to get mile. There's six places in my home where I can get water out of a tap. If my water gets turned off for the day, I lose my.
0: But that's what I'm saying because you're saying on the one hand, well, we all need to be better and nicer people; that we should re- reduce, recycle, right. reuse. And I'm saying that that's all very nice, and individuals might do that, but on
3: mass, the only way you're going to make us stop right. doing stuff is by putting the right price on it. But when gas prices go up by two dollars a gallon, that cuts into people's income by thousands of dollars a year. I don't know that it's going to make that big a difference with when it comes to electricity. That's my point.
0: Well, I think oh, I think it does because. Again, if you look at it from other countries, America has really cheap electricity. We use a lot of electricity. In Europe, they have much more expensive electricity and they do all of these things you're talking about. They wear the sweater, yeah. they uh, do all the things you needed to uh, reduce the amount of energy required because energy is expensive. It's pure market forces. Look, let's go on. I could talk about it all day. I'm clearly right. Let's talk about superchargers let's because do it. Um, having said all that, yeah. Now I want a million superchargers because <laughs> I want my superchargers. I'm not going to change the way I drive or what I do because I want superchargers. Robert, tell us about it. Uh,
3: it's I want been them, a big week. And I want them to be solar. So we have an, uh, an open supercharger in Waterloo, New York. Waterloo. Waterloo. Well, mm.
1: That's
3: an one It's actually named after the place where Napoleon was defeated. Uh, it's, uh, agree to disagree. It was named and after uh, Go on. It's between Rochester and Syracuse. Rochester. It's a pretty it's a pretty small town. Only five thousand people live there. And, and guess what's the biggest thing when you look on Google Maps in that town? I'm guessing it's not water or loose. No. <laughs> Supercharger. No, it's uh it's the low it's the landfill. Ooh. Oh, there you go. Who doesn't like a good landfill? The next one that got open was in France. Uh, go ahead, Tom, you can pronounce this better than I can. Art de Saint it's in the southeast, it's near Lyon. Uh, I can pronounce that. So it's in the Rhone Alps region, and that's a place for good wine that I think Mel might enjoy.
0: Yes, go to the supercharger, charge up, drink some wine, get hammered, and then crash your car because you can go zero <laughs> to sixty in two point oh five
3: seconds. <laughs> maybe maybe if their <sighs> uh traffic aware cruise control is working, they'll be uh they'll be safer. No way. So Las Vegas big 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 news. What Las Vegas South is open. Woo. So, like, people on the Tesla Motors Forum were constantly sort of knocking their heads against the wall. The Las Vegas supercharger was located in a kind of sketchy part of downtown Las Vegas off Highway 115, a, you know, really kind of inconvenient to get through. If you, were, if you were driving through Las Vegas and you needed to stop, right, you're, you're heading back from wherever, the Rocky Mountains to Los Angeles. It was a hard place to stop. New one is right off of I fifteen. It's ten stalls. It's really going to be a great addition to a very uh, popular and highly used um, thoroughfare. And I'm sure that uh, uh, Tesloop Loop is going to is going to use it quite a bit. And then the last new supercharger is in Italy, Mercato San Servino, which is near Mount Vesuvius.
0: Where do they get Maple. their
3: energy from? <laughs> magma Magma. got some uh, geothermal transfer for energy there that would be cool i didn't i didn't catch that on any of the documents that i read but it's about 45 minutes from naples italy and uh that just makes my mouth water for lunch two more that have gone into construction in otokak Croatia, and woodall united kingdom and uh when they open we'll talk more about those
0: uh that's good but there's not enough we need a Order of magnitude more being built because <laughs> uh-huh. Mel is not going to change his lifestyle. He's no. not going to drive less. He's not going to take public trains because Mel wants a supercharger. And I got to tell you, I've had my new Tesla for uh, two months. I used supercharger for the first time two months ago. So I will continue to be a bit anxious about something that almost never is going to affect me.
1: <laughs> Thank you. You make a lot of sense logically. It just it really always does bring it home. Thank you.
3: Let's talk about SpaceX. SpaceX is exciting. I was, uh, you know, by the between now when we're recording and when folks get the show, I expect SpaceX will launch another Falcon 9 from the Kennedy Space Center, from the famous launch site 39A, right? They used that just last month. They're going to use it again. It'll be their second launch. They had a static test fire on the 9th, and they're expecting to launch on Tuesday this week, which you'll probably hear the show late Tuesday or Wednesday, so you'll be able to watch it. I'm putting in a show link to the um, uh, the website at which you can watch the launch. It's up and ready to roll. But this this is not going to be the same exciting kind of launch as uh, we've had in the past because they are not going to land the Falcon 9 first stage. That's they're absurd. Gonna it, they're going to let it fall into the ocean. I have a question about that then. Do you think they yes. take the legs off?
1: Probably. Does it just burn but, up? Yeah, or does it just go no, it goes into splash? splashes into
3: the
1: ocean, and they're yeah, doing
3: that because been... they need the extra energy. Is that right? Yeah, I put in a little diagram here to explain. So normally, the launches that they've been doing, primarily like going to the space station, this time they're going into geostationary transfer orbit, which is a ginormous distance from the Earth. And so, on this little diagram, which you cannot see right now. But you could see if you went to the show notes, shows that low Earth orbit really hugs the planet, but geostationary orbit, uh, geostationary transfer orbit requires them, once they get up into low Earth orbit, to actually rocket way, 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 way far away from the planet and enter this very, very broad orbit around the planet. So they have, I expect, no leftover fuel at the time that they put the first stage. Right. Uh, when they burn so, up the first so stage So
1: stage one will take off full of fuel It'll go up even farther than normal Push, 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 push Leave no fuel left in it And it'll be like uh, And free fall back down to Earth Because it just gave it gave
3: its all gave
1: it To all. get it higher
3: and higher Into orbit Yeah And they, they actually said it's going to take like 35 or 36 minutes To get the satellite To the orbit it needs to get at and if you remember, when they go up to the space station to get into orbit, it's it's literally um, within minutes that they get the first stage to release the second stage, and that thing just starts entering into orbit. So this is this is a big uh, change, and in fact, the next launch is going to have the same uh, feature. They're going to do another geo transfer orbit launch on the 27th, again from uh, 39A. I wonder if they are now charging more money for these types of
1: launches because they can't even attempt recovery. I'm sure they do.
0: Let's talk about Hyperloop then. Hyperloop One released photos on Tuesday morning
3: at a railway conference in Dubai. Please tell us, Robert. So they're putting together their own test track in southern Nevada. Actually, it's north of Las Vegas. This is the Hyperloop One, which was the first spin spin-off after Elon put out his white paper. right? There's a number of different organizations. There's three separate organizations working privately, separate from SpaceX, to try and get Hyperloop to a um, commercial status. So Hyperloop One was the big one. It was started uh, and then uh, sort of the original founders had arguments and broke apart. We've covered that on the show before, but they're continuing to, to speed along. They've gotten a lot of funding from the Arab Emirates, United Arab Emirates, and they're going ahead with an 11-foot diameter test tube in uh, Nevada that's 500 meters long, so not quite as long as the test tube that was built by SpaceX at the Hawthorne site. But this one's much larger, 11 foot in diameter. Uh, They're planning on building a line to carry both cargo, then humans in Dubai to go from Dubai's port uh, out to like Abu Dhabi and other areas in uh, the Arabian Peninsula. And I even include a map that they put down showing the time it takes to get between different locations. So they're talking about like going all the way to Mecca and Jeddah on the western side of the Arabian Peninsula, up to Kuwait and off the the Arabian Peninsula, maybe to like Cairo even. But this is uh, this is big. They you know they're they're shooting for the moon, so to speak. And uh, it would be kind of cool. So folks in um, Dubai going to Abu Dhabi, I guess it's about an hour and a half trip. Maybe you get another half an hour in traffic, but it would be twelve minutes on the hyperloop so they've got cash to burn back in the in dubai and they're doing it and that's pushing the uh the the further development by hyperloop one cool. i
0: would uh, love to see this it does seem that uh, many countries outside the
2: united states are going to get this before we get it
0: it's time to do letters but before we do that let's talk to our sponsor
2: <laughs> Our company is Wonder Capital, and I'm Brian Bersick, the CEO. That's right, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls.
0: This episode of Talking Tesla is sponsored in part by Wonder Capital. But I didn't want to just sort of do an ad read. I wanted to get a little bit behind the scenes here. So ask Brian, in layman's terms, can you explain what you do?
2: I can. I hope. In the last decade or so, a framework, sometimes it's called a lending marketplace, sometimes it's called uh, alternative lending, but has arisen in which... You build a marketplace between people who want to borrow money and are willing to pay you a know, reasonable interest rate and people who want to supply it. And you disintermediate really the banks and the kind of the finance institutions more broadly from that process. So we operate a lending marketplace in commercial solar, matching businesses that are looking to put up uh, solar at their facilities or headquarters or, you know, locations. And uh, we match them to investors who are interested in supporting solar and earning what they see as an attractive return. So so that's it in a nutshell.
0: So is it as simple as, let's say, I'm a small business owner, I'd like to put up a $100,000 solar array and battery backup, but I don't have a hundred grand, but I could make a payment on a hundred grand. Is that where I would go to somebody like Wonder Capital and say, help me build this thing?
2: That is precisely right.
0: And so, how does the investor make money? So, now I'm an investor. So, I've got uh, 10 grand, I've got 100 grand, and I want to invest it and I want to make damn sure it doesn't go to oil pipelines. I really want it to be in renewables. That's right. So, I give it to Wonder Capital. How do I make money on
2: that investment? So, we have two funds set up that sell notes to investors that either reach out to us directly or come to our website, wondercapital.com. And those funds, uh, those two funds, sell them notes that have yields. So, you know, interest per year uh, that they pay out to the investors' uh, projected returns. So the projected return on the term fund, our most recent, is 8.5%. And we fortunately have yet to miss an investor payment. So basically, you take your capital, you give it to the fund, they promise you a a projected return, and then the fund takes that capital and goes out and, you know, lends it to a business in precisely the way you were describing earlier.
0: We're going to talk to Brian more in coming weeks as we get our head around this. They are a sponsor and, of course... Any investing is not without risk, so speak to your investment professional before dropping back. All right, it's time for Letters. Let's do the first one. That was our first sponsor, Mel. I know.
1: Super exciting.
0: Super exciting. Very cool. Super exciting, uh, and uh, hopefully there'll be more because, boy. There's a lot of work that needs to be done on this show.
1: Yeah, I don't mostly maybe we need like a new host search. We might. <laughs> Just think of what we could do. If we
0: have more Patreons and if we have great sponsors, then we'd be able to get rid of Tom. Mel would be gone for sure. Robert, out of there. We'd bring in three new people. People uh, who had information,
1: editor, that had knowledge Who were interesting That were interesting to hear their voices every day That
0: weren't full of existential angst Making the show appear to be, you know, you know angsty
1: Oh my god, it sounds amazing It
0: could be great We could bring in Angelina Jolie Ooh. We could bring in uh, Bill Gates
1: Oh, he'd be good
0: he'd How be about right? Neil Smart. Young? We could bring in Neil Young He you could sing some songs Morgan Freeman Morgan Freeman It's There's no end We could just keep naming smart and rich people uh, (laughs) if you want all day Or I can do the letters Do the letters Wait, hold on
1: Let me flip a coin real quick Hold on, ready? What do you got? Heads or tails? Heads Letters Letters, okay, thank you
0: Jim Hanna says uh, Look, he was looking at this 12-volt battery thing And I think he basically summarizes the saying um, That it sucks off the giant battery Is that what he's
3: saying? Yeah, he actually used a, um, I guess it was a voltmeter or an amp meter to, to figure out how much the voltage dropped as he drew more amperage off of the cigarette lighter. And he says he can draw 1,500 watts of energy off the cigarette lighter without dropping the voltage on the auxiliary battery, which basically tells us that the auxiliary battery is getting enough backup from the big battery pack that, Mel, you can dry your hair with a hairdryer using your Tesla. You yeah. could draw 100 to 120
0: amps at 12 volts so that it would be 100, you know, 1200 watts, which is like
1: using a hairdryer. So let me ask you this question. You fully charge your Tesla. Yeah. I build a thing to attach a Tesla charger to your little mini battery. Yes. Can I trickle charge my Tesla from mm-hmm. your Tesla's battery at 12 amp at 120 amps? 12 volts. I don't know. We could try it, Tom. We have to build a hole. Why we could do that, I'm not (laughs) sure.
0: But that's interesting. Uh, Again, this is sort of um, early days. I don't know how long Jim did this for. I'd like, Jim, for you to do this for like a full day
3: and see what happens if that 12-volt battery explodes. I think the important thing is that for those folks in South Australia who are experiencing 104 temperature and the power goes out, How do you keep the beer cold? That's all that matters. With your Tesla. Thank you. They'll sell so many Teslas if that's true. In Australia, you bet.
0: Paul Burton has a a letter here that we actually covered, which is the guy that created the lithium-ion battery now is creating a solid-state lithium-ion battery. And I think what's amazing about this is the guy is 94 years old and still engineering. We will see if this turns out. This is one of those. we got a battery that's three times the capacity and it charges six times faster, but I don't care until I see it on the market. Andre Rodriguez says uh, there's a new uh, Renault Zoe, but it is just sort of a, uh, what do they call them? Uh, It's like a test one. It's like a prototype. Concept concept car. It looks really cool. We'll see if this ever comes to market. Diego Quivero, he sends us a a very disturbing letter, which is about this dude who uh, got into a car crash and then for eight months for eight months has been waiting for it to get fixed because he got stuck between Tesla supplying parts and the people who put the car back together because Tesla doesn't do major body work itself. It just says, uh, this guy over here is certified and we'll send him the new panels and you can put it together. And this poor person got stuck In this disaster And although this is probably an edge case scenario It does make you very anxious I tell you what, it made me not want to drive my car Because even a little fender bender Can take weeks and weeks and weeks And maybe sometimes months to get fixed And that's not okay
1: And this is ridiculous because he's had to pay for his car for the whole eight months It's been in the shop And he says it was just a it's a minor little accident Yeah, the picture shows it's just
0: like a yeah, minor fender bender But, you know, to the point where you need to get it fixed But yeah, he's like, I'm paying like 1500 bucks a month for a car I can't drive
1: Terrible So Tesla needs to get some body shops going
0: well, I think you pointed out Somebody pointed out that it would have been far better If he had have used his car to block another car from crashing And then Tesla would have said, I oh, will fix it tomorrow
3: Yeah Yeah, that's true. Because the problem primarily with the Model S and the Model X is all of the aluminum body panels. Body shops don't do aluminum. It's really hard to work with. You have to have great expertise. And if you mess up, so the two times that somebody bumped my bumper, it was so good that it was only the plastic of the bumper that can be replaced. That's not a problem. They in fact just buffed it out on mine. But this dude's got like the entire uh, hatch smashed. He's got the left rear corner panel smashed. I mean he needs major, major uh, aluminum changes and that's, that's eight months. Eight months yeah. ridiculous.
0: Now uh, the good news is that they're gonna change to aluminium and um, and that should oh, be easier. Oh that's much easier that to should work be You to mean work you mean steel? <laughs> it, well actually we keep coming back to this there is going to be a steel aluminum or aluminum combo in the Model 3, but I don't think we have any idea how much easier it is going to, for traditional sort of panel beaters to beat those panels, as it were. Panel beater. We don't know. That's an Australian saying. Panel beater? Yeah.
3: Well, I know they they installed another stamping line at the factory just to stamp steel. And my understanding was that the body panels of the Model 3 are going to be steel just to keep the cost down. Yeah. How much of that car will have aluminum? I don't know if it'll just be the frame, but... I um, am doubtful. That doesn't seem like that's in keeping with the plan. Tom Wills has a letter here and he says, what's the deal that solar City drives
0: around selling solar panels in internal combustion engine cars? What's up with that? And I say, what's up with that? And Tesla does the same thing. Their service vehicles are all internal combustion engines. And this is just a reminder, although electric cars are good, we don't have enough different types of them yet
1: but also if you were working for solar city up until the moment the chevy bolt got released your options were what right like if you're driving 100 miles a day and you got to see customer after customer after customer and you don't have a chance to sit and charge for five hours i mean it just makes sense that's why they don't have them and they could transition over now but it's gonna obviously
3: take a while but they all drive subcompact cars. There's a lot of Prii that they drive. It's a Prii, I believe. Hmm. Yeah, they also have Solar City smart electric cars. They do. They drive so, little cars. Yeah, but and they, they use vans and trucks to carry you know thousand pounds of solar panels to your house. So I think they're they're trying to do the right thing. But until Tesla comes out with a pickup truck or a delivery van and uh, the Model Three. At that point, I expect that Solar City will be a big buyer of Model
1: 3s. I mean, again, it just goes to show all the things that we talk about, right? It's like if it's not there, if it's not ready, if you can't run your business, you just won't do it. It's like if your salesperson needs to drive 120 miles a day, 150 miles a day, 80 miles a day, there was no option except for a Tesla.
0: I know. And so, again, we still are reliant on fossil fuels. I get it. And so Tesla, please be successful Please make bigger trucks Because that's one of the areas where it's very clear We need more electrification Is in big trucks And you'll sell a lot of them Probably just to yourself Trent Eddy pronounced E-D So I'm assuming it's Eddie. He actually went on seeking Alpha And E-D. he E-D
1: Right Oh God Because he wrote pronounced Trent. like E-D Trent Edie. Sorry Trent <laughs> join a very I mean, long list of people I mean he wrote right in the thing just
0: join a list of people whose names have destroyed <laughs> even after you've explained to me how to do it he did a little thing in uh, seeking alpha mm, seeking alpha and basically said he did so here's a couple of things that would have to happen for Tesla's market cap to get mm-hmm. huge but with um you know sort of grabbing 30% market share and doing some stuff which was which would not be out of the, the realm of possibility uh, Tesla could indeed become the biggest market cap company in the world.
1: Thirty percent market share of the world's automobile sales. That's a what is? What do we figure that is? That's a it's ten more than million a long units. Time. Ten million units a year? Because didn't we say it was thirty million? It's three hundred million. They make million. about fifteen to
0: twenty million cars in the U.S. So that would be like five million cars, three to five million cars in the U.S. Multiply that by ten for the rest of the world. Fifty million cars a year. I don't know.
1: That's possible
0: more than a long ton.
1: That's a lot. That's uh. I think way more than in twenty twenty two. It's going to take
0: a while. You. But the point is, is that it's not outside the realm of possibility if Tesla continues to kick buttocks It's possible that that could happen. We got to make
1: the cars right so people don't get the wavy lines. So the the Model Three needs to work
3: out of the box. I just want to thank Mr. E.D. for writing this because most of what I see on Seeking Alpha is quite negative on Tesla. So it's nice to have somebody who's going to try and balance the viewpoint. I guess it's another way of saying this is that Mel Herbert could have a market cap
0: of trillions of dollars if I were to come out with something that sold lots and was expensive.
1: That's 100% accurate. Just saying. Yeah, I mean, if you did that, if you became the biggest manufacturing company in the world, you could be worth $1.2 trillion. All (laughs)
0: right.
1: That's how
3: Rockefeller
1: did it. It's true. I should do that. Yeah, you should. We should all start with you.
0: Jason Waller sent us a letter and some video and a couple of things here. He's in his car. And he's using uh, the cruise control and the lane assist, and he starts videoing of these Toyota Mirais that are the hydrogen cars,
3: mm-hmm. two of
0: them at the same time right next to him. I don't know where he was, mm-hmm. in Toyota land or something. But let's just remember that these are hydrogen cars. The hydrogen that goes in these cars is actually from fossil fuels. These cars are not in any way clean. They are being sold as clean. They're clean at the tailpipe, but the fuel that goes into them is not clean. And he oh, also noted— worse.
3: Worse than driving a gas or diesel car.
0: They're silly. Now, BMW i3, he just tells us, has an adaptive cruise control. And then he throws in another thing in here, which is an article which looks at how far people commute in different cities in the United States. And, you know, the average commute in L.A., you would believe, you would think, you would suppose Uh – that the average commute in L.A. would be something like 30, 40, 50 miles because it's a big sprawling city and people drive a lot. The average commute, it says in this article, is nine miles or less. Hard to believe.
1: Well, here's what I'll tell you about that specifically, though. Like, So I live in the San Fernando Valley, and people think that the San Fernando Valley is a vast wasteland it is. away I live there too. from every other part of Los Angeles. It is 20 miles away only 20 miles from lo- from the valley where I live to downtown Los Angeles. It's 20 miles to the beach. 20 miles to the beach, right? So I I actually do agree with this. If you work on one side of the valley and live on the other side of the valley, I think there are a lot of people who live as close to their work as possible, and that's what's driving the average down. It doesn't really matter.
3: The problem is is that 20 miles is a freaking hour and a half. So what you're saying is that, when we all have our Model 3s and we release them into the Tesla sphere to drive people around, they're not not—they're going to be able to do a lot of trips for all those people, driving them back and forth, only their short little distance within the neighborhoods, and um, going to make the congestion that much worse because we won't need as many cars.
0: I would love to get some Uber data on uh, the average length of uh, an Uber driver trip in Los Angeles. That would be I interesting. Think-
1: a lot of those trips are kind of special, though, because right, you you're going to the airport, right? It's going to skew those numbers. Yeah, it'll probably a little skew it bit, right?
0: higher. But well, let's do let's do some math here.
1: Um, okay. I'll find
0: out if this number is correct. Robert drives on average fifty miles to work and fifty miles home. Let's say he does that uh, three or four times a week. Tom, you drive three two, miles. Yeah, maybe
1: two and a half. I drive
0: zero. Uh, So you had those together, multiple by fours. Yeah, it's probably an average around 10 miles between the three of us, so it's true. Okay, go on. Andy McLeod. (laughs) That was math. Andy McLeod says – he's from southern Arizona. And uh, he says, look, there's lots of superchargers in LA, but it's probably just mostly people like Robert and other people topping off that shouldn't be using it. And if you Ah. didn't have that problem, it would go away. And I think that problem's gone away because now they're charging. So uh, that's – if you – again – It's about market forces. If you start to charge, then people won't top off because they can do it
1: at home.
3: Right? I agree. And as well, as long as uh, more work uh, locations add charging stations, then people will have the opportunity to charge at work. It will reduce their range anxiety. It will lessen the need to stop at the superchargers and or other high-speed chargers like for the Nissan and the CCS, the – mo and the CCS and it'll take the strain off of the fast charging infrastructure, which in turn is better for our electric vehicles because fast charging a car does degrade the battery. How much? It's probably not that much. it was it was feared it was higher uh, higher impact on the battery, but it doesn't seem to be that big of an impact because of the at least from the numbers that we're seeing from Tesloop, who have cars that have gone a quarter million miles. But the reality is, if you can avoid supercharging, it'll help your battery to last longer. And somebody actually asked about that later um, in the in another letter.
1: Imagine how many level two chargers Tesla could have built instead of the supercharger network. 16. Well, they, they
3: did that at <laughs> 16, is that your number? <laughs> yeah, somewhere there. But the, it wouldn't help so much at the superchargers unless they put them at places where people were actually going to hang out which is like at malls right, but and, for instance and the Culver theaters. your
1: supercharger the Culver City supercharger where a lot of people are I'm guessing are living in the neighborhood there's probably a certain percentage of through drivers but my guess is if they would have added they could have almost covered that parking lot with level 2 chargers
0: let's just but go to back to what end well so the people who are in the neighborhood will use that instead of the supercharger the supercharger then gets for the people who actually need a fast charge because they're on their way to Vegas
3: but that's not what the supercharger and Tesla's charging infrastructure was meant for. It was just meant to support long-distance driving. Oh, it was? Uh, an emergency. I know. Oh, well, was? That's what we're saying. Selling
0: but people, parts. because there was no charge, are uh, using it for their own uh, everyday driving. charging. So like, there's. are you saying, therefore, that there is obviously a market for this? And I think you're right, that Tesla should charge a reasonable amount and just put in more uh, destination charges in places where there's high density like in culver city right? and what get changed, off my supercharger because i'm going to vegas what
1: changed your life is that the hospital added a level two charger finally after so many years but right. if tesla would have put 20 destination superchargers in earlier you would have had no impact on the supercharger for the last few years that's what i'm saying i'm, I'm not saying it's tesla's responsibility i'm just saying As you, you know, if you build it, it will come, right? It's like one of these things, like people don't want to buy an electric car because there aren't chargers everywhere. Like there are gas stations everywhere. If there were chargers everywhere, people would be like, oh, okay, well, there's one there. There's one there. Like if you always drove your ice car, for instance, like if me, if, if I always drove my ice car and wherever I was, every single place I stopped had an electric charger in it eventually I would be like, well, this is ridiculous. Every single place I stop has an electric charger, even if I'm there for 10, 15, 20 minutes. But it's every 10, 15, 20 minutes. I go to Gelson's, I can plug in. I go to Vaughn's, I can plug in. I go to CVS, I can plug in. I can go
3: to the pizza place, I can plug in, right? Then, Then it works. And if you then move that one step further, in which every car has a standardized induction charging plate underneath it, and these parking lots just have induction charging available. You don't even have to plug. You just go park, and your car is charging.
0: Well, I'll take it further. What if all the roads had induction charging? We can go even further. What if energy was just magically occurring, and you could send it wirelessly? Like yes, yeah, the via point. The, sun? the point is, I think you're right. That if there was, if in somewhere like Culver City, high density, lots of. Uh, Tesla owners there if there was lots of Other alternative charging you wouldn't Have seen this problem I think it was a An experiment in the real world They put a supercharger in a high Density area where there weren't many Chargers and people said I'm using that charger It's the only one nearby
1: right I go To the Culver City supercharger I go Into the mall for an hour hour and a half I don't necessarily need supercharging If I have A good quality level two Charger then I'm, I'm golden Okay, let's talk about uh,
0: Alan Hill's letter here, which he has got a long commute, and he's talking about Tesla cars. So he goes 90 miles to and from work. He does about 50,000 miles a year. He does even more than our very own Robin, and he asks this question. Look, I'm waiting for a Model 3, and I'm going to do this lot of driving, and uh, so what should I do here? Will the battery last? He's a bit concerned about it. So I say this, as we've just talked about. First of all, get the biggest battery you can. The reason to get the biggest battery you can, because it will slowly degrade over time and you've got a very long commute. Mm-hmm. The second reason is if you've got a really big battery, you don't have to fill it all the way up. If you get a 60-kilowatt a battery and you're right at the end of your range every day, mm-hmm. you're probably going to have to fill it all the way up. That might result in some uh, battery degradation. Mm-hmm. So I yes. suggest to you, sir, that you get a big battery, then you don't have to fill it up all the time, and that you don't supercharge. Although, as Robert just said, the data we have right now suggests, and it's kind of weird that supercharging and filling it all the way up doesn't really appear to affect battery degradation much at all. There are these people with third-party sites that are trying to gather this data, but what we have currently doesn't suggest much additional degradation from filling it all the way up or using supercharging. But if he has a
1: 90-mile commute and he has a level 2 charger with 40 amps on the other side, it's only going to take him three and a half, four hours to get that 90 miles back. Right, and so his real question is, what is the battery
0: degradation? And so far, we have uh, the suggestion that it is very slow. That over a hundred thousand miles, it's five percent ish. Over two hundred thousand miles, it's ten to twenty percent. So, a uh, this car is going to last you a long time, even doing fifty thousand miles.
1: A year. And he's in Texas, so yes, it gets hot in Texas, but it doesn't get cold, as cold, so he doesn't really have to worry about that as much I've, I feel like 90 miles, a long commute, that's at the very edge, but again, if your car has 238 and you're charging for two and a half hours when you get there And you're charging for two and a half, three hours when you get home, you're going to be fine
0: Nathan Dwyer says, "Whittle me this, why is it when people, like you guys, when you talk about multipleness and uh, leaves, you talk leaves, not leaves what is the multiple of nest and Leaf? Leafs or leaves?
1: I, I don't know. I would think it would be Leafs and not Leaves we always because say leaves. they're not on trees. It's, it's the name proper, of a car.
3: It's a proper noun. It's it's capitalized because it's a name.
1: So, then, so it just,
3: you just put a an S on it.
1: There you go. That's the answer, Nathan Dwyer.
0: Now, uh, there, it, Ryan Elson has a big uh, letter here about what is the most efficient way to tax when it comes to EVs. And we've talked about this. We've got a lot of gasoline tax here in the United States, or at least in California. And yet more and more electric cars are going to lose that tax. What's the best way to do it? And we had some discussions about this. He just wanted to point out the most important thing, which is the thing that really destroys roads is the heaviness of the vehicle, not necessarily um, the amount of vehicles. So big, giant trucks when they start bouncing, put big, giant dents in the road. And so we should be taxing trucks more than cars. I don't know the right way to tax all this stuff, but he does ask another very good question, which is how good is autonomous driving when you can't see the road, for example, a lot of the time when he's driving around and snow covers everything. And the answer to that is really great GPS, which is what Elon has talked about. Once you map the roads really well, with super good GPS, there can be no lane markings and the car's going to know there's a snop sign underneath there and there's a lane over there and we'll see how good that gets in the coming years. But that's why they're mapping
3: the crap out of all of these roads to do exactly that.
0: I don't even need to see the lanes anymore because I know where I am.
3: And and actually doing it in 3D, which takes into account bridges and roads that dip and then rise after a bridge. It's uh, This is this is Big And it's happening sort of behind the scenes. We're not really paying that much attention to it.
0: Michael Sullivan has a letter here. It's about EV tax. Um, a lot of people are talking about whether it's fair or not fair to get taxed on EVs. And um, it seems to me that, uh, again, as Elon has said, he'd like all this to go away. He'd like all of these incentives to go away because it actually helps uh, Tesla. But he did bring up one thing, and that was I disagree with Robert on the private moon trims. Moon trips He thinks they're stupid, wasteful And have no value May I weigh in? Because I listen to you guys
1: So by disagreeing with Robert He by
0: default Agrees with you Oh, hello And I agree with Robert
1: What? Yes You're all wrong
0: Because when I heard you guys ripping on each other You were making it sound like This is purely going to be a trip for fun Up and around the moon a few times and back You don't think that they're going to learn a ton from that, that there's going to be a lot of science in addition to that. It won't just be a couple of rich guys going for a joyride. Every time they take one of these things out, there is an enormous amount of information is gleamed. And these people are also going to be rabbits, uh, puppets. Uh, we're going to learn a lot about their physiology as well. So I believe every time you take one of these things up and spin it around, you learn stuff. I just hope it doesn't blow up because that's bad PR.
3: <laughs> yeah, no, they're going to have sensors on them. I mean, they might even have a little rectal probe going on there. They're going to have a lot of data coming out of this. And what if, Tom, as well as two astronauts, there's a bunch of science devices on this uh, moon launch. So back in the I think they call it the trunk of the module, the Dragon module, there's a trunk that sits outside in the negative in the zero uh, uh, atmosphere of space that has a lot of room to carry devices sensors, what have you. So, you know, maybe this is not such a frivolous launch after all. You know what I put in my t-
1: trunk? Trunk. No.
0: Junk.
3: <laughs> I got a lot junk of in junk the trunk. in my
1: That's right. What science would, would be like if you went into outer space, Mel? Like, does your accent sound as cool in zero gravity, that kind of thing?
0: No, I'd be much more interested in pooping. I would like to be trying out different pooping devices because that's, to me, the big that's thing weird. that's going to stop me going to Mars is like, oh, I'm really concerned about like if I have to poop or weave two or three times a day. I want that to be a messy procedure, so I really want to have a lot of uh, junk in that <laughs> trunk about pooping. That's terrible.
1: I think more importantly about Michael Sullivan's letter is he talked about our— information, our our conversation about the EV additional registration, and he brings up a good point, and one I had not considered. However, I'm not sure that I really give a crap, but it's a good point, is that because his car costs more, he's paying more sales tax. Now, sales tax isn't necessarily going towards repairing the roads, but maybe in that particular instance, some of that additional sales tax can get earmarked. For road management, because they know in advance that people aren't going to be paying the gasoline tax.
0: Nobody knew. Nobody could have known how difficult taxes were.
3: <laughs> hey, you know, I, I have to chime in again about oh, of going to the moon, you know, do. it's not all like roses and banana splits. These guys are going to have to deal with a bunch of nasty stuff. Do you? Re- and so uh, there was mm-hmm. a guy named Scott Kelly. He was mm-hmm. an astronaut. He wrote an awful lot about his experiences going to the moon. Uh In microgravity, number one, if you get nauseous and you start to puke, bad news. So you're sitting in a cabin with another dude and you're basically starting to breathe his vomit. Two, the calluses on your feet fall off. When you're up in space and you're not standing on your feet, the feet become like soft baby feet and this Uh, flaky skin is floating all about in the cabin there is some disgusting stuff that comes on first off no one is
1: barefoot in space space. what happens when tom farts in
0: the cabin (laughs) (laughs) there's nowhere for it to go they're not taking the helmets off it's
3: all inside I'm not flying to the moon with Tom.
0: Felipe from Belgium says, look, he's got another story about slow Tesla service. And we keep hearing about that Tesla is getting in better and better. But it really needs to get a lot better. These cars still have a build issue all the time. You hear it from Tesla owners all the time. Well, this didn't work. That didn't work. This has got to get fixed. And they do have new Tesla trucks, though, that look really pretty and can come and change your tires and do things, which is nice.
3: Mm-hmm. Well, high five to Felipe for being an early adopter and buying a Model S early on and and he said he was going to become a Patreon subscriber, so if he hasn't done it already, I'll thank him for getting to it. But, you know, this again talks talks to the plan that Elon described in the earnings call that they're working in the engineering of the the what did they call it? The Juggernaut, the alien dreadnought to take humans out. Of the equation of building the car so that it's always the they found that the the elements of the car that were constructed by humans that required a degree of judgment is where they've had most of their small build issues in that it's a monday whoever's on shift had a bit too much tequila the night before and now they're putting in the dash wrong and something's wrong with the dash or something like that so eliminating the human in touching the car for it to be built, I expect that the Model 3 will actually have a much superior build quality than the S or X in the past.
0: It better. we got another letter here. I don't know who it's from, but it is about linking freeways in the middle of nowhere in Nevada at least in part, to get lithium to the Gigafactory. And there's some wonderful pictures here and some wonderful descriptions of what's going on. But basically Tesla is saying we need to have these uh, roads opened up so we can get this stuff to it. And there's these pictures of very large trucks uh, linking these two freeways. And I don't know who sent it, but it's really interesting. And uh, we also need to get some lithium from other places as well for the other Gigafactories. For example, Perth, I'm pushing as an Australian to get Gigafactory 3 in Perth, I'm just saying.
3: We talked about this article some months back, but this is more news, and I really appreciate the pictures. This was sort of under scrutiny by some of the Nevada state legislatures that they're upset that Tesla is getting this, quote, special service and getting the state to build essentially a new highway that is to shorten the trip. Uh, I think they cut an hour off of the trip. So now it's only like two and a half hours to get the lithium to the Gigafactory, Um you know, I guess progress comes with a cost. And, and that at cost this- is $75.9 million.
1: But in the interim, Tesla has said they're going to hire more people at that gigafactory.
0: I got another letter here from John McGuinn. McGuinn, John McGuin about uh, Tesla insurance. He goes, look, uh, yes, if you crash your Tesla a lot less, your insurance rate probably should go down. But there was one thing that doesn't work there, and that is these cars are so incredibly expensive and so expensive to fix. He's not sure that it's like going to be the same as, you know, insuring your Toyota Prius for That's example. A good point, yeah. It might come down 90%, but it started 10 times bigger than everybody else. And I got to tell you, I did recently look at how much I pay for insurance on in my Tesla and it's a
1: lot. It's all yeah. of the dollars.
0: It's not all of the dollars, but it's almost all of the dollars, Tom. <laughs> Daniel Bergman, what color? So Daniel was asking the question, what color car should he get? And I'm going to tell you this. And he doesn't want to say, oh, it's a, you know, it's everybody's own decision. He's like, no, tell me exactly what color to oh, get. He wants give me some us facts.
1: to tell him what car to buy.
0: So I say this. I love white because it doesn't look dirty when it gets dirty. It's cooler in summer. And so I say always get pearl white. It's beautiful. Having said that, let me say this. I saw an X
1: down at Ralph's,
0: red And it looked absolutely stunning
1: That's not one of his options He says blue, pearl white Yes And silver If I had a three-headed coin right now Yes I'd flip it and make this decision for him If it was me getting ready to push the button And I'm taller than you And I will kick your ass, Mel If you disagree with me He should get white
0: Pearl white, I agree with you Thank God I don't have to get my ass kicked
3: Yeah, so I had heard that white was definitely the safest. And this was actually from a a police officer. And I thought, wow, they must know. But then I started going looking on the Internet last night, very late. I'm sorry, Tom. I did break the rule. I admit it. But I went through and found that there were no good studies that show any particular color being safest. They talk about why are school buses yellow? Why are fire trucks red? It doesn't turn out that that was based on any science. But there is is a study that is done with scientific method from Victoria, Australia, Monash University. Monash, mate. That's where I went to school, mate. Is it? Yeah, I went to med school at Monash, mate.
0: So it's got to be true. So it's got to be correct.
3: So they said here that compared with white vehicles, a number of colors were associated with higher crash risk. These colors are generally those lower on the visibility index and include black, blue, gray, green, red, and silver. The answer is white. By white. The association between vehicle color and crash risk was strongest during daylight hours where relative crash risks were higher for the colors listed compared to white by up to 10%. Who cares if it's safer? It's
2: Cooler.
3: It is cooler, especially if you live in a hot climate.
0: No, I mean, it's just cooler. I was also told that you don't buy a red car because they get more tickets. I have no idea if that's true, but that is something that you hear from everybody constantly, so it's probably not true.
1: And if you get a red car going zero to 60 in two seconds, for sure you're going to get more tickets. Unless when the cop pulls you over, you're like, hey, you want to drive it? Kyle
0: chidern says uh he was thinking about getting some uh plugless charging for his Tesla should he do it and I would say this um no because currently the induction charging that's available here at least in the US is seven point two kilowatts that means you only get about twenty to twenty five miles per hour of charge and they cost four thousand dollars so I say get the five or six hundred dollar Tesla charger and plug it in. It's faster and cheaper. And yeah. this Induction charging is cool, but not ready for prime time And also, you've got to get right over the top of that thing exactly And if you're like me and
1: you can't drive very well, not so good If you forget to plug it in, make yourself a little reminder Whenever you get home, ding When I get home, remind me to plug in my car When I get to work, remind me to plug in my car And then you'll, you won't forget Joel Sapp, dudes, you were talking about
0: Project Love Day And in the first three or four words of uh, Project Love Day It tells you that the person, the 10-year-old his name was Brit Love Day. So that's where... It's Bria,
1: but I mean, that's cool.
0: It's Love Day. You guys got it wrong. I would have worked it out.
3: <laughs> Bria, Bria, I'm sorry. I apologize. We're not that bright.
0: Joe Gills uh, is the guy that said we should tax the tires. And uh, first of all, he says Tom is the smart one. Now, this is very long. And uh, you know how that works when it's very long. I can't read it.
1: He gives a lot of reasons why he thinks that tire tax makes sense. You add it at the very end to include the multiplier for the weight load, which makes sense because, obviously, if you're driving a big rig, you're going to uh, cause more wear and tear on the thing. So those tires should be more expensive. They're already more expensive. And I wonder if, alternatively, this would have the impact of making tire companies make tires that lasted longer. Although it wouldn't really matter because it's still a mileage situation, right? It would be like check your mileage when you get new tires and then you will pay a fee based upon that.
3: Well, that or you just add it as a tire tax. So instead of the tire being you know, $200, now your tire, based on how much its load rating is, is going to cost more. And if you look at where like bus stops are in major cities, they typically put a concrete pad like in six or eight inch thick concrete pad under the bus stop because buses are really heavy and they really deform the road. And so do the big rigs. But, you know, there's a there's a big rig lobby out there and these are all independent businessmen and women. And they're getting squeezed between the cost of diesel fuel maintenance uh, and the competition that's out there. You know, that's an area uh, that's a group of people who are really getting squeezed hard. And so, you know, asking them to pay their more of their fair share is going to come with a bit of a fight. So, I mean, I think it's a good idea. But at the same time, the bottom line is do not put any impediments in front of people adopting electric vehicles, period. So oddly enough
1: what you're saying is the three of us on this show in the last two weeks that we've been discussing the proper way to tax cars and roads and all that stuff we have not we've not cracked it the three of us in the in the 45 minutes we've given thought to this very it Turns very out that nobody topic.
0: knew how
1: difficult taxation <laughs> was I can't understand why our solutions are not uh
3: correct and fully flushed out at this point it is just miraculous. I made some calculations. I thought they were maybe in last week's show notes, but you were talking, Tom, about how important it was to include a fee on electric vehicles. And, and and some of these fees were pretty expensive. I don't have the numbers here, but when I took the numbers that were, I think from last week's show, and I said, okay, I think in um, California, we're like at $50 billion, the estimate for fixing all the roads in California and the fee that would be put on electric vehicles would amount to 0.7% of the money needed to fix the roads. It's not even spit in the ocean. It's so small. It makes no difference. It just sends the wrong message. Don't don't buy an EV. They're just going to tax you more. I rest my case. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, let's call it done. Can we call it done? Let's end it. All right. Well, you know what? I'm in Washington and I'm going to do some lobbying today. You're in Washington, D.C. I was
0: there last week. I was in the Pentagon.
1: You also spent yeah. some time in the lobby, probably having some beverages. I did. Good.
0: And uh, I'm sorry for my anger. I had a large anger quotient this week. Better now? No, worse. Oh.
1: Don't we know did, why. We didn't help.
0: You didn't help. We need to get your cameras fixed. If you don't get my effing camera fix on my car, Sam, I'm going to be very upset.
1: Me personally?
0: Yeah, you. I need more superchargers okay. that I don't use. Okay. And I need some more <laughs> autonomous driving features that I don't use Uh huh. because I don't leave
1: the house. Maybe that's <laughs> my problem. Maybe I should get out more. Episode 77, why is Mel so whiny? I'll see you next week, boys. <laughs> Adios. Okay, so it looks like we forgot to do our App Pick of the Week, our Multimedia Pick of the Week. What the hell was wrong with us? I guess I'm going to have to say my Multimedia Pick of the Week is a favorite of mine, Netflix, A Chef's Table. Very good. I recommend watching the Nancy Silverton interview from the latest series. But really, you can't go wrong with A Chef's Table from Netflix. And for my app pick of the week, we're getting close to when the Masters happens. And year after year after year, the Masters app is one of my favorite ways to follow along, watch the videos, and who doesn't love the Masters? It's Augusta, it's the springtime, it's the greatest golfers in the world, it's a tradition. So there you have it. The Masters app. Look for it wherever you get your app.
3: Watch this fantastic documentary on PBS about the Broadway musical sensation Hamilton, which gives so much background information and broadens my perspective on history of colonial America that uh, I highly recommend it. And I'm including the link. You can watch it online. It's such a great uh, investment a couple of hours of your time.
0: My app pick for the week is the NPR News app. I really like this app. I like it for a number of reasons, but it allows you to read the news. You can listen to lots of the stories. I think it's really well done. You can listen and scroll at the same time, the content. So I really like the NPR News app. And in terms of the multimedia, I've got to go with Passengers. Uh, Passengers, yes. It's sci-fi movie. Just came out on iTunes uh, here in the States in the last sort of week or so. It got terrible reviews, but I really liked it. Passengers, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, passengers. It's terrible, but I love it.
3: I'm here at UCLA with uh, Dr. Rajit Ghat, who's professor of the Henry Samuel Lee School of Engineering and uh, has been working on smart grids.
0: And so Robert relayed to the professor what happened to me a few weeks ago. So there's a big storm, power goes out. I've got two Teslas with, you know, nearly 200 kilowatt hours of storage just sitting there that could be used, that could be plugged into my house so that I could continue running the studio and the home, as it were, but I couldn't. I also have a solar array that gets turned off because it's grid-tied. So where are we with plugging your car into your house in a reverse way, as it
4: were? The technology for this is called vehicle-to-grid or vehicle-to-home or vehicle-to-building, or vehicle to office often known as ve- vehicle to x or v to x okay so you know v to g and v to h are sort of s- subsets of v to x and so what g that
3: would be grid h would be home yeah
4: mm-hmm. so g yeah so the v to g work has been going on in 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 our lab for about i would say six se- 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 roughly seven years mm-hmm. but other institutions have been working on different versions of this yes in different in using different methods and different technologies at other locations mm-hmm. we have a, our own approach now, also, uh, by the way, at that location where uh, we met in Santa Monica last time, yes. there's a parking structure there, the, the tall one. Yes. A V2G, so so we are working with the city of Santa Monica on mm-hmm. a CEC funded grant in which our second V2G station is installed in that parking structure. It's called the Civic Center parking structure. Yes, right. that's right. Yeah, yeah,
3: And it's covered in solar panels as that's well. A,
4: exactly. So our research now, we meter and monitor the solar panels in real time. Yes. We we have a bunch of EV charging stations, we have this V2G station, and we have some battery energy storage units in that building making it a local microgrid. So the idea being that you can manage the energy, you can, so for example, when you think about V2G, V2G, you know, you, you, you basically can take energy from the grid put in the car, but when... The, the grid or the home needs energy, you can take the energy back from the car, send it back to the grid or the home. Right. So that is the big value of the V2G system. And you could think of it as, yes, you need it during a power outage, or you may just need it for um, for example, the grid operator sometimes, they find that the grid becomes unstable. Mm-hmm. So one of the really interesting properties of a battery, in combination with the smart inverter, which is what this configuration is, right? that's what it is, it's a car battery with a smart inverter, that also allows you to stabilize the, the some of the grid, some of the uh, things like voltages and, 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 and so on and so forth, and that allows the grid to become more stable. So not only is this uh, technology going to enable a home or an office or a building to get power, you can use this on a 24-7 basis just to stabilize the grid without large amounts of power flowing from the car back to the grid. You can just stabilize the grid.
3: Right. And so for a large system like LA's DWP, how many electric cars with batteries would they need to make this economically or or just feasible to make the system better?
4: With energy storage, right? I look at, on the one extreme, you can argue, let's say if you had zero batteries, Mm -hmm. and and let's say you had no energy energy storage on the distribution grid, then you cannot achieve a whole lot in terms of, for example, one of the other problems we're looking at is uh, a stabilization of the solar generation. Mm -hmm. Solar being intermittent, Oftentimes there's significant variations through the day. Right. If and sometimes it, 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 there's too much solar energy. Sometimes there's shortage of solar energy. So when there's too much, you can take that put into the battery, and when there's a shortage, you can take the energy from the battery and back to the grid. You can smooth that curve. You can smooth that curve. Mm-hmm. So if you think about sort of that capability and that aspect of batteries, right, uh, and V 2 G, that is sort of you know yet another value. So there are many value propositions. So it's like. Even if you had a small amount, number of electric vehicles with V2G capability, they'll provide certain, certain value. Yes. And then if you have more and more and more, you get more value. And then if you have a large number. So I would say that, you know, do we have enough in the LA grid to provide value? I think we have enough to provide significant value. Yeah. Uh, at the simplest level, the one value you could provide is to smooth out the variations due to the solar panels. Because we have a lot of solar now. In California, mm-hmm. if you get the peak load, almost uh, something like six percent of the peak load can come from solar, uh, and so that's a significant right. I mean, compared to a few years ago, which was right. just close to zero. So the more the the more the energy stored, the better it is. But at least with the number we have today, if the V2G capability, well, if 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 these vehicles are made V2G capable, then you could already start to provide significant value to the grid operator.
3: How far are we from being able to put one of these boxes that has all of this equipment in it, into the home?
4: The two solutions I talked about, this one is a low power solution, roughly one and a half kilowatts. The one in Santa Monica is a higher power solution, about 30 kilowatts.
3: Okay, you're talking about the the capacity for the system to, to send power, the flow of power. Yeah,
4: power, yeah, so the total amount of power that can go into, so for home, for a small home, For emergency purposes, around one and a half kilowatts, a system of this nature is fine. Now, what happens, though, is that um, these things are not fully standardized. For example, the reason is that this requires special communications between this hardware and the car. Right. And so what may work for this Mitsubishi vehicle may not work with another vehicle because the communications in that other car might be different. Of course, there is a move towards standardization of the communications for V2G. Just like there was a move to standard to standardize the communications between a charger and a car, so charging, or also called V1G, that, that that's already standardized with the J1772 plug. That's right. the standard. But discharging is not yet standard. So, uh, you know, so, so today there are practical challenges, and then also the cost for the hardware is still still significant. It's still, you know, the single-digit thousands of dollars, and it mm-hmm. needs to it needs to come down to I think hundreds of dollars question is, can it? Yes, it can. If, you, if, if, if someone can say, okay, I need 100,000 of these, then the cost immediately comes down, right? Robert
0: asked, how far away is this technology? And the phone was ringing, but um, then there was this answer. Interesting.
4: I, I would say that uh, technically, I mean, I think the car companies should put out some capability to do that. For example, Nissan Leaf today, if you purchased a Nissan Leaf, I think post 2014, the V2G capability is just a, like a software switch in there. Hmm. So the Nissan leaves and they, they, you know so they, they come with that capability. Of course, the only challenge is because you are taking power from the battery, sending it back to the grid. The the different car companies, uh, whether it's Nissan or anybody else, you know they may decide to avoid the warranty oh. because you are now you are now sort of cycling the the battery without moving, cycling the wheel, rolling the wheel in a sense. Um, the question now becomes that there better be a, a financial value to do that, and then somewhere in there, that I think eventually, if if, if one talks of the market. Then, for the sake of argument, some EV EV brand X, let's say the battery of that uh, the EV brand X costs six thousand dollars, a new battery. Well, if the battery you know life is reduced by ten percent, let's say with V2G. Although, if you can do V2G in a smart manner, such that you don't discharge down to deep levels, so you have shallow depth of discharge they're not depleting the life of the battery significantly right. and so i think that sort of in that sort of in a from that sense i think that you know i think that there is a potential sure. and i think the car companies need to dabble with it you know let's assume there's a brand x that, whose replacement cost is six thousand dollars well if the life goes down by ten percent let's say the original, original life was ten years now it's it's nine years so you're losing one year of the life so that's maybe worth six hundred dollars i'm just picking right. some simple numbers here let's say there's you know at zero percent interest but I mean, yes, some very ballpark. So now the question is, can you provide $600 worth of value over 10 years to the value chain, which includes electric utility, the site host, and the EV driver? All three of them.
3: And even just for an individual who wants to have a backup system for their home, Mm -hmm. to buy a generator and to have a system installed is going to cost, I'm sure, thousands of dollars. And uh, I know this discussion came up at least a year ago about Tesla specifically because it has such a large capacity battery, but the objection was what would keep someone from driving their Tesla two miles over to the supercharger, filling it up, bringing it home, running their home for three days, and repeating this cycle, basically uh, sticking Tesla with the bill for their energy usage. But now, all the cars that were sold after January 15th of this year, Uh, 2017... uh. Are going to only have a limited, limited yeah. right 400 kilowatt hours of supercharging yeah, yeah. then they're gonna pay market rate yeah same thing for all the model threes yeah and really the value proposition of not only buying a car but a energy backup system for your home becomes a very much different paradigm you now have a, uh, a car that I would much rather have than the you know, the internal combustion engine car that has no capacity to do this.
4: Take that a step forward. Five years in the future, the amount of solar in California is just going to be much more than what it is. That means in the middle of the day, there's going to be a heck of a lot of solar energy being generated. Now some, somebody's got to use it. If you have, a, if you have a, whether it's a Tesla or any car in the office, you plug it in, you are absorbing the solar energy in the daytime, you drive it home, use it at night. Yes. Now all of a sudden you've taken the solar energy which Unfortunately, on these what are called solar duck curve days, I'm sure you heard the phenomenon in which there's overgeneration. They, actually a lot of utilities will actually disable the solar panels and they will sort of you know curtail the solar because uh, I mean it can destabilize the grid. Right. Well, instead of doing that, just charge your car during the afternoon, which traditionally was a peak load, was considered a peak load during t- t- time time period. But now all of a sudden, it's actually there's a lull in the road because of the, the huge generation. So you could actually be utilizing solar energy at night. So I think that uh, you could look at that as actually as an opportunity. And uh, you know what happens is on these solar duck curve days, the, the price of electricity actually tends to crash right in the middle of the day. Mm. So electricity is actually cheap. So you're taking cheap solar-generated electricity and using it at night.
3: Except that the power companies don't sell it on a market basis. They have a peak period in my house between noon and 6 p.m. It's, I think, close to maybe 32 cents a kilowatt a uh, kilowatt hour, and in the night time, all the other times, it's 14 cents.
4: Yeah, yeah well, I mean, so, 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 you know, when you talk of innovation, right, I mean, innovation is not just about technology, it'll be about policy, it'll be about pricing, mm-hmm. and, you know, I mean, at the end of the day, uh, you know, regulators are going to look at the fact that, you know, somebody can drive their whatever electric car to work, plug it in, solve the solar problem, bring it back home, well, you, if you incentivize it, people will behave right. We're in the midst of the most amazing time period of change. The two big things to me are solar and battery. The battery technology is becoming cheaper. Solar technology has already become very cheap. Battery technology is becoming, and it's going to continue to become cheaper and cheaper and cheaper. That means that the way I look at a car is it's it's a it's a, it's a portable it's a mobile battery. It's just battery moving energy from point A to point B. And now how do you think about balancing and managing the whole grid? So I think that you will do that. There is price incentives, and, and that's going to happen. There's nothing like lower cost to drive uh, in industry. As the batteries get cheaper and cheaper and cheaper, we will see more and more of these kinds of innovative pricing schemes show up because people will want it. People will ask for it.
2: Talking Tesla is a production of Fooly Incorporated. Produced by Mel Herbert and C.C. Herbert. Hosted by Mel Herbert, Tom Wolfson and Robert Rosenblum. To support Talking Tesla, go to patreon.com forward slash Talking Tesla. And finally, if you love the show, Write us a review on iTunes.